Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan, David Haw. Matt Eberflus will be at the podium at the Scouting Combine. What will be the big news out of the media session? Oh, I, I think uh, Matt Eberflus, you know, we'll probably talk about whether how he's groomed, right? Whether his, his beard is trimmed or something. Well, maybe we'll hear about the new look, right? He's got a, he's got a new look. He grew, out, he grew out a beard. He has a new hairdo. You think he's going to talk about that? Well, I, I, <laughs> he's going to be asked about it. You know he's not. You, oh, okay. Do you think he's going to talk about that? If he's asked about it, he's, I mean, he's not going to go out of his way, but I bet he's asked about his new look. You can, he's going to talk about He's going to be asked about his stubble. He's going to be asked. About, he, he looks like he lost weight. Given all your experience in sports talk radio, given all your press conferences and locker rooms and all those things, if you were there today, would you ask Matt Eberflus about his beard stubble? Yeah, her name is Kelly Eberflus. <laughs> Let me add a quick one for Matt Eberflus. Meet with his stylist. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw. 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 6.70 The Score. Love your show. You guys are a riot. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6.70 The Score. May you live in interesting times. It's a different world, Mr. David, than the one you thought you lived in. Good morning, Molly. Happy Wednesday. Where's your stubble, bro? <laughs> I know. I shaved this morning. Yeah. I don't have I a stylist tell. like no. Matt Eberflus does, and nobody's going to ask me if I did like he was right. asked yesterday. There's one thing that is guaranteed about this show. There's one thing that, like, if it happens, you know something else is going to happen. If I say something... That is proven wrong. That is proven wrong, and it is regarding and related to Dustin. It's coming back. Yeah, you know that. It's definitely coming back. It happens quite a bit lately. But well, come on. Dustin <laughs> likes to underscore when he is correct. I know. Especially when he has an argument with you. For some reason, the two of you are way too often at loggerheads. <laughs> bad blood. I don't know why. There's some bad blood there. There man. is. There's something, it, and it's personal. It's, it's and getting it that way. back. It comes back for that reason. You feel, do you feel, honestly, do you feel a little sensitive about I it? Feel Maybe a little, a little bit. I, I feel a little attacked. Targeted. Targeted. And I, like it. I, I think that Dustin is never better at his job than when he is a waiter serving crow. And he likes to serve it to me a lot. Yeah. Brandon's not innocent over there either. Oh, Brandon you pretends know? to be innocent. Yeah, like, oh, But okay. he's the one monitoring everything. Yeah. <laughs> he literally has monitored everything. So it's crazy he, to consider. Dustin's right. Okay. It is. Let me get that on tape again. Dustin's right. It's happened. It's happened again. We digress, though. So he was asked about his his stylist. But he was asked by Mark Grody, who I'm pretty sure Dustin called and asked to ask him. Don't you think so? Doesn't that, that sound yes. like a plan it for really, Dustin? really does. Dustin's I will admit I considered, I considered going yeah. to the text machine, but I did not. Grody asked him independently? Well, Grody, that is correct. Grody is starting to look like him. It's like a guy who has a pet. You know, you look like your dog after a while, or people say you do. I think Grody wants to know uh, who he has to talk to about his new look. That I he's don't have to develop. I just don't think Grody could pull off the beard stubble. I think he could pull off the hair. Why? You don't think he's back. manly? I, I don't what know, do but see? I just have never seen Grody with facial hair like that. I say this. So it would come in wispy, caner-like? A little bit wispy. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good word. Okay. A little wispy. Yeah. I, I think that Matt Eberflus did look like he walked straight out of the Flag and Anthem catalog. Yes. Flag and Anthem, by the way, sent some shirts today. Thank you, Flag and Anthem. God bless Flag and Anthem. You know, change of the seasons. You never know what you oh do. God. What's going to happen next with the hey, weather. the change of the seasons occurred yesterday. It did. We had all four what and one. What the hell was that? 
All four seasons in one for Tom Skilling's wow. finale. Tom Skilling is actually, I think he signs off today, but he was on TV for hours <laughs> yesterday explaining what was going on and what everything meant. It's like Mother Nature wanted an encore. And, and they said to him, what are we going to do when you're not here? And he basically said, there are a lot of fine meteorologists. He named names, the people that will be. Did he really? Oh, he was He was very gracious. Humble to the end. Humble to the end. He is a Chicago institution. Going to miss him, yes? Yeah. And what a night. What a night. What Hope a everybody night. stayed safe. What it a was a great night for Tom Skilling. Well, what, a, what a beautiful goodbye. A lot, a lot of damage degree, out there. like 40-something degrees, right? Hasn't yet. It's, have, it's it, dropped pretty quickly. But it was like 73 yesterday. On it was in the Feb- 70s. On February 27th in Chicago, it was 73 degrees. Crazy. 70, in the 70s, it's in yeah. the 20s today. 20s. And there's some real bad damage around the area. Hope everyone stayed safe. It was scary for a while. And the meteorologists in this city are tremendous. And they got their money's worth last night. They, they earned they, every they penny. They tore up the, the network programming. <laughs> they did. They did. What and were you what were you expecting out. to watch and were disappointed that you oh, were able I, to see? I you know, I, I was expecting to watch Loyola win a basketball game and I was heartily disappointed at how poorly they played, but that was nothing compared to the Bulls. Was it? Holy God, were the Bulls awful. You, you they, talk they lost to a team. They've lost twice now to a Detroit team with nine wins that at one point in the season, wait for it, lost twenty eight straight. And you managed to lose to them? Yeah. You shot, what, 2 of 29 from 3? There, there should have been uh, warnings at that game when you entered that yeah, there would be wreckage. Yeah, there was a tornado there. Exactly. <laughs> there would be wreckage and it damage. Held. and yeah. It was rock bottom. That's as low as it gets for the Bulls this season because of the opponent, who it was, and what happened. It didn't, I, it didn't rain jump shots. It hailed. They were bricks. They were bricks, and they were loud, and they missed often. Two for 29. I mean, you really have to try to miss that often, it seems. I mean, honestly. And it's the Pistons with nine victories this year. Two of them have come against the Bulls. That's ridiculous. Nine wins on the year, two against Chicago. And the Bulls just look flat. They have injuries. Yes, no excuse, though. They have no excuse. They were Dead arse beyond dead arse. No excuse. Four games below 500 now. Where is this slipping? How how far will they go? How low I, can I you go? What, I mean, they're doing the limbo. Here's how you don't get into the. the here's how you play yourself out of the play, play in. That's exactly right. That's it. You lose to that. Team. And you go two for 29 against the worst team in the NBA. And they're one of the two worst teams in the NBA. And they have owned the Bulls this year. Two now they have Cleveland and Milwaukee next. Oh, Cleveland's coming in hot. Max Strews, 59-footer at the buzzer. Two seconds left. The Cavs are out of timeouts. They have to go 94 feet. Strews from midcourt. Oh! Do you believe this? Did you hear the net? Do you believe in miracles? Did you hear the net? I heard the net. That's awesome. They jacked up the sound of the net. Here's the greatest thing about that highlight you know what's if, if the you only saw it, the only bad thing about that highlight is, is it's like max Struess. so i gotta listen to you go on about him and his family okay and stop all the phone calls back and forth <laughs> if you watched it with them i am not going Mother to recount that okay but i'm just gonna say this he would have made more than two of 29 <laughs> here's the thing about that highlight that was so great they had like two seconds left he inbounded the ball the guy passed it back to him so okay max you shoot it from further back. And he did. And nothing but net. I'm not going to tell you about all the Go sentimental Go on. Let's hear it. satisfaction that it brought me to see him succeed Former like that. Bull, they didn't know what they had. They let him go. Did you know he was hurt? No. And he had surgery. I'm hurt. The Bulls let my, him go. My soul hurts every He's, time you talk about him. He starred for the Heat. Pauses at the left elbow to Struis for three. I got a carafe. Put that Struis juice in it and knock it back. That is not me for I, the record. I've got a carafe. <laughs> Can I have a carafe? Why must you? Of Struis juice. Why must you not enjoy I'm a local sorry. guy making make good? That, there's something wrong. I do enjoy it. It's just, it's been. <laughs> I've, you've you've gone on about him so much. I did not play the highlights. You you know what? I'm sure you called Brandon. I'm sure in the drive-in you were, like, so excited. I was excited. It's true, it's true. I was very excited. Where's the carafe? Well, he's really – He's good. He he's could very hit, good. He could personally hit more than two, three points <laughs> in the game. I know. All and right? that team's dangerous. The, the Cavs – 
in that Eastern Conference, you got the Cavs and the Celtics at the top. You wonder about the Bucs. They're never going to be ruled out. No. And but I've the, been watching that Giannis thing on uh, – have you seen that? No, Prime? have not yet. Uh, they have a documentary on Giannis, which is fascinating. I got to catch up. I was watching Tom Skilling last night with Brant Miller. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I am behind. I think I'm an episode or two behind, but I've been watching that the, uh, the, the Patriots thing too. That's super interesting. I've heard good things about that. I want to watch that. Yeah, you would you would really enjoy it. I uh, just because we were there through all that. Yeah, you know? when it's you we kind really of interesting. are covering the league in the midst of yes. that, and then you look back and things that you didn't know were going on were going on. Right. Always fascinating. Always good stuff. Yeah, but I, I it's it seems like we're in like a sports documentary and you know glory years. I mean, there's just so many good sports-related documentaries that have been released over the last I, few years. That's interesting. I don't ever think we've been in a bad no, phase. No, we haven't. But what we've done now is they've done they've, a, such a great job of understanding job. how to tell those stories yes, better. they do. They and I think that also well. everything's related in the media. The written word has been so diminished that I think that sometimes these visuals and the way it's put together, yeah. there's a bigger audience and an appetite for that. I, I just think that there, there are um, – there's an expertise to what they're doing that comes across in, in, when I'm watching these things, and it, it makes you kind of say to yourself, like, "Wow, yes, I wish that was going on earlier." But there, there are just it, you know the the technology is excellent, all the footage, the understanding, and the to, context to look back at it. Yes, and it, it's just a different. It's deal. a golden age of storytelling. It really is fantastic. Yeah. I think that great. Netflix has created a lot of. Uh, yeah. A wider audience being it's, able to expose yeah, yeah. to that kind of thing. I, I, we didn't talk about this, but the, um, was it the Screen Actors Guild? Something was on SAG. SAG, SAG Awards. Awards. Yes. Okay, so that's Screen Actors Guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's just too much stuff on television, <laughs> I, and I mean it. Like they were, they were given awards to things I'd never heard of, mm-hmm. and there are all these things out there that apparently are just phenomenal. And I was literally like gobsmacked at how little I knew of what was going on. I've I've tried I always try to watch all the Academy Award nominated movies before you get to Good the luck Academy with that. Awards. Well there's now like there's twelve of them or yeah. something. I mean it's just too many. But I've wa- I've done I've made a dent in it. I've watched a lot of these movies. It is just I don't know how in the name of God you can compare Barbie to Oppenheimer to past lives, to you know whatever the well, there's two different things just talking about there. The one is- Obviously, the 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 movie industry, which has made a comeback yes. post pandemic now, and there's all yeah. kinds of Oscar nominated, but there's also too films much you want to see. Generally speaking, but then you're talking about the almost like the oversaturation of the television you, market. You, you would have to watch television twenty four seven. You'd have to just catch up on TV. Well, because gone are the days where the networks are owning all of the network shows, and it's a, right. you know. You know, uh, on Friday night you're going to watch this, and on Sunday night you're going to watch that. It's streaming. It's all of the different uh, opportunities and options out there, and that's why there's shows that are winning awards, critically acclaimed, that you've never heard of. Never heard of them. <laughs> never heard of them. So, and it's my fault, and I apologize. It's not my fault. It's not anybody's no, I, fault. No, I just, I there are now. I have developed gaping holes in my cultural understanding. A pop apparently. culture. Yes. Yeah, it happens. And I, I. At one point in my life, considered myself a pop culturalist. Is, <laughs> there, you, is there anything? Did that you really? I swear to God, yeah. I used to. I thought I was kind yeah. of up on stuff. Well, I think that once you start to think that, then maybe you've fallen for the into the trap because you're never going to quite know everything about everything. But I I like a lot of different genres of music. I'm not just stuck with country and western, <laughs> and so I. That was that's just another a joke. Shot. That Within was a joke. Thirteen minutes of been that taking was shot totally after shot. A joke. You know who else likes country music? Max Max Struess. Does he really? Yeah. See, I knew there was I something. Just... Um, but I, I honestly, I, I, you know, now I don't even know who's dropping what or what's going on. It's just too much. It's a saturation of too much creativity. Too many things going on. And it's virtually impossible to follow all of it. It really is. But it's a great luxury because you'd much rather have it this way. Oh, I I mean, I suppose if you stumble upon something that you haven't seen, like during COVID, 
Mm-hmm. I watched Game of Thrones mm-hmm. just because I was bored and, I, you know, that was tough and you, you were stuck at home and you were trying to keep active and hit the gym, you know, go out mm-hmm. and walk around. But you also had some dead time to fill. And I watched this Game of Thrones series. It had already ended. And people were having parties and all that stuff. So I guess I kind of... I guess I saw it, but I didn't see it in real time. Well, COVID allowed a lot of people to catch, to catch up, up on, on things. Right. And since that happened, people got into habits and they started to appreciate maybe these series more. So everyone wanted to make more of those series because they were popular. And right. they thought there's a chance to make some money. There's a chance to do something creatively satisfying. And here we are. Yeah. We're Here we are challenging your ability to stay on top of pop culture. Yeah, I, I think um, we have a texter saying we need a Graffold documentary. We probably don't need that. you lose 100 games a year. That, it's almost like you got to try. I'll tell you that. what we would want to see in a documentary. I would love to see a documentary while we're talking about it. This might be a good pick six question. What would you, is the, uh, the rise and fall of Jerry Reinsdorf in Chicago? Has Jerry fallen? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, in terms of stature, in terms of popularity, in terms of clout and power, and and just the things that we but have been criticizing in the last that, week or I so. Mean, that, that's just age, isn't it? Like it's at a certain still point. interesting. Okay. It, because when you reach a certain age and you don't understand necessarily or grasp the fact that you are limited in a way that you weren't 20 years ago, 10 years ago, then I think that alone is compelling. Yeah, I, I, you know, I had a conversation with someone um, yesterday about Jerry and just how, you know, he was so sharp when he was younger. And you look at him now, and it's kind of like, what, what are the moves you're making here? Like his, he just, just generally speaking, he's got the old playbook, but that's, you know, that's why it's compelling. Everything. That's the, why I said the, that the game I, has changed. Yes. Yeah. And he really hasn't. No. And I think the failure to adapt makes it interesting. From a dramatic yeah. standpoint, you could really have a documentary about the rise and fall of Jerry Reinsdorf. Right. And it, I'd watch it. It's funny. We have a texter saying we should do a documentary on Ryan Poles and the quarterback decision. Could be. Caleb Williams see, could be. But see, here's the thing. Behind the scenes. You know, but here's the thing. Like, to me, it's really not that. This isn't difficult. This is not, you know. But. It doesn't have to be difficult to be interesting. Oh, I, I understand this, that. This is very easy. But this is it, a this simple. Is, this is, it's not a debate. No. This, this is, is a not, consensus. This is not that hard. No, it's not hard. It's not, I mean, if there were all these twists and turns and th- different things, we haven't seen that happen. What we've seen is the Bears seemingly doing what they're supposed to do. So far. You know, yeah, I mean, you just, it, it, let's go Jerry Angelo on the thing. Uh, floors and ceilings, right? So you look at where you are, you're three years into a quarterback, and, you know, you kind of have an idea where the floor is and where the ceiling is. You do. And, and you should. So, and so whether you want to or not, the idea of restarting the clock and bringing in a different ceiling is almost impossible to ignore. And I think that eventually they're going to get to where that is. They probably have been leaning there all along. The stuff we heard yesterday seems to hint. It confirmed exact- a lot of what we yes, thought. It did. I think when yes, you talk about it, the documentary, though, to get back to that, you don't necessarily need suspense to make it compelling. And I think there's not much suspense around this decision. I think it's been manufactured largely. Who, who's the compelling figure? Caleb Williams. Is it Justin Fields? Is no. It Caleb Williams? It's okay. definitely Caleb Williams. We know a lot about Justin Fields. I think his story could be compelling in itself. Before I, you make the documentary, you you need to get to the finish of that story, though. You need to know. You know what I mean? If Caleb Williams. But you got to shoot is, it as you go. Mahomes-ish. Yeah. Then, ooh, you know, how did that happen? What? How? Why was that If a we're decision? producing this, yeah. I am. I got a crew with, with Justin Fields in the Bahamas or wherever the heck he went on vacation, right? Because I want to get his reactions when he actually is when he hears this letting stuff, when he heard yesterday. his guard down when he heard what he if he's paying attention he's not on Instagram we know that right so I want to contrast that with well, he whatever might be on Instagram he's not following the Bears on maybe Instagram. and what's Caleb Williams thought process throughout this week and what's he doing uh, to respond you, to all this attention he might not talk I heard that. I mean, I, I'm aware of that. We're going to talk about wild. that. That's kind of wild. It's a, it's a, it would be, it would be a mistake. 
be fairly unprecedented. It goes back to this stuff about not having an agent, not having someone that's going to make sure that you don't veer away. Not having counsel. Yes. Everybody needs some good counsel sure. in their lives. Good counsel. And I think that Caleb Williams, yeah. whether uh, you know, he may be getting advice, but it's not all good advice at this stage. If he right. chooses not to talk, he will reinforce some of the concerns that have been so far unfounded and a little bit unfair. But if he doesn't talk, I think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And not just like a bunch of reporters complaining about, oh, geez, we need this or that. I think it's just a bad look. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think it's tough. It would be tough. Yesterday was an interesting day, though, in Indy. I thought they really uh, – Yesterday was an interesting day in Indy, not just with the Bears. I mean, the Bears are the lead story, and if you if you um, tune in anywhere, the lead story is the team with the number one pick Always. and with the quarterback. Always. We understand how compelling the mm-hmm. story is and why it's reported in the way it is. But there were like – Four or five different things that happened yesterday where you're kind of like, what? What did he say? Like, did you happen to catch Sean Payton talking about Russell Wilson? Oh, my gosh. Does Sean know they haven't cut him yet? He never disappoints. Oh, my God. And it comes right on the heels of Russell Wilson telling Brandon Marshall he expects to be at Denver. That yeah, door's closed exactly. pretty tightly. They Apparently, no two Super Bowls in the next five years. So, um, Sean Payton, so that was wild. Atlanta Falcons had a day. Um, Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris yeah. came out and basically, if you if you read between the lines, he said that they got to do what's right for the city. You want to go get the best fit for your people. You want to go get the best fit for your coaches. You want to go get the best fit for our city. Oh, by the way, Wait Georgia native Justin Fields is on the market. <laughs> exactly. And then he said something like he was like, oh, everyone's going to jump on that. Now, like he knew, of course, he shouldn't have said the best fit for the city. And there's reports. But that's what he said. NBC Sports Chicago is reporting the Falcons have checked in with the Bears. Of course, of course they, they have. have. Of course they have. But my favorite nugget is one that you unearthed when I walked in after yes. I got done crowing about Max Struess that you told <laughs> me that the Minnesota Vikings hired Josh McCown to be their quarterbacks coach, which, yes. I, which I thought was, oh, you know what? He That's was, interesting. He's nearly a head coach. He's nearly so a head coach. He may as well be a quarterback coach. But he spent a lot of time in the South. He's from North Carolina. Yes. I, what's he doing in Minneapolis? And then it occurred to me after you told me he, he coached one of these prospects in as a high school as a coach. High schooler. He coached Drake May. Yes. In high school. Isn't right. that hilarious? It's hilarious. It makes it's me wonder. A, and by all accounts, he made him a better man. And they hugged yeah. on senior he's, night. He's a great guy. Josh McCown. Josh McCown makes everybody a better man. Josh McCown. Dustin, do you remember standing at camp and talking to him? He was just a – he was kind of a half non-entity. We we were just kind of killing time, and I started talking to him. Dustin's with me. How about that conversation? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, I mean, we Great must guy. have talked to the guy for, for half an but hour. But everybody who covered him anyone had that experience. Anyone who's ever been in Josh his McCown. wheelhouse yes. has had – I mean, it literally, Dustin is right. You, you come away from that conversation – and you're like, oh, that guy's. A but great already dude. in Minnesota, He's a great dude. within a day of that happening, there yes. is speculation that that move yeah. will now lead to they're trade gonna, speculation. They're, gonna trade up and get they're Drake moving May. up. <laughs> they're going to go in the top five, and they're going to take Drake May, pair it. him with his high school coach, and watch them get the franchise quarterback, which Mike Florio said yesterday they haven't had since Fran Tarkenton. Think about that. And Mike, as you know, huge Viking fan. Big Viking fan. fan. Yes. Yes. So he doesn't consider Kirk Cousins. He disrespected Tommy Kramer. He ignored Kirk Cousins. disrespected Tommy Kramer. And I'm telling you. He's gone too far He's gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) And you know who else was the quarterback for the Vikings that had a pretty good stretch? It was a short one. Jeff George. Oh, boy. Remember him? David, you (laughs) know, we've we've covered all bases. We got... uh, Santa Claus. Uh, From Max Struess to Jeff George. You and, you and Jeff George go to see Santa Claus together. I have my favorites. And uh, Max Everybody Struess. does. Good God. Everybody has their favorites. But you but you brought him out of thin air. I did and, not. He and, was a Viking quarterback who had some and, success. And, and nobody liked him. He's an Indiana boy. Thank you. Where, where, what, what was his deal? He, like, <laughs> he, he declared that he was going to go to – where did he declare? He was going to go to Il- – no, he went to Illinois briefly, then he went – He where- committed to Illinois and Ron Turner, right? Yeah, but he was – Oh, no, gonna- he ended up at no, Illinois. Commi- yeah. I think he first committed to Miami or something. That's right. And then he committed – then he went to, to Illinois. Or then he, then he went he to went Purdue. He went to Purdue, yeah. Then he went to Illinois. 
I mean, and then look at his career. He literally, like, you, you mentioned he had a good run with the Vikings in a year and a half there. He was everywhere. He was with the Falcons. He was with everyone. Yeah. He was all over the he was league. A Raider. He was with the Bears. He was with the Bears. And the two of you went and saw 2004, Santa. we saw Santa together. <laughs> I'd like to think that you just happened to run into him, but I really think you arranged I it. I think I kind of maybe, maybe arranged it. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. But, yeah, we were bonded by, oh, so by our high school careers, and it was a lot of fun. It's so Jeff funny. George. Anyway, we got a lot of, sh- lot of stuff to Yeah, we to got tons. We got, we got to get to all of it. We've got the pick six. We're going to tear apart all the stories of the day. We'll have some fun with them. And uh, some are horrible, but most intriguing. Pick six next, Molly and Hall on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick six with Molly and Haw starts now. Do you agree with the general consensus that Bears GM Ryan Poles' comment on wanting to, quote, do right by Justin Fields is the biggest indication yet that the Bears plan on trading their starting quarterback? I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, No one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So did uh, Ryan Poles shed a little light on the future of Justin Fields? Yeah, I feel like he did. I I just feel like when you are talking about trading a guy and doing right by him, that means you're trading a guy and you want to do right by him. That's exactly what it means. I mean, you you can go down there. I think we all understood what the Bears were kind of debating and dealing with, and they didn't tell you flat out, here's our quarterback plan. But I, I thought, I thought that was, you know, clearly they understand. They're talking to people. There are names coming up, and Justin Fields is on the block. I, I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt about that, honestly. So, um, it, it, it felt like a confirmation of what we already sort of anticipated. Well, there's no doubt that he's on the block. There's no doubt that the phone lines are open. He's talking about putting a DND on his phone. Phone won't stop buzzing and ringing because of everything going on. But you could also look at it the other way. And this could also be a way of trying to drive up the price sooner rather than later. We know that Poles is anxious to, to get to where they're going. He does not want to wait. I mean, they've got two months. right? They've got two months until they have to make that first pick, April mm-hmm. 25th. Okay, Not quite two months, but two months. So this also could be trying to drive that price up by saying that we want to do right by him, you know, if indeed we go down that path. If we go, if, yeah, if, I, I, if. It's if. happening, buddy. You're going to have to wrap your mind around it. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think they've concluded what direction they're going. The reports are they've done a lot more background work on Caleb Williams than we yeah. might be aware of. And this is it's, it's a hard to unring that bell. Now that you've talked about not wanting to, uh, uh, you want to do right by Justin Fields, it implies that there's a concern about the perception that you're doing him wrong. And how would you be doing him wrong? Trading him in his eyes, in the eyes of maybe your locker room. You've got to be aware and have your eyes wide open that this is going to be a perception issue you're going to have to address. 
things will take care of themselves. Players defend players. They don't necessarily welcome rookies, guys who haven't proven themselves. This is the rhetoric you expect to hear in an NFL locker room, all the support for Justin Fields. What happened yesterday was the Bears kind of were unified in the message. And I think when you hear them talking about wanting to uh, not live in the gray, that was a phrase that Matt Eberflus also repeated several times during his various interviews. They are unified in this message. They are, I think, uh, in, in, in consensus internally about what mm. direction they're headed. Yesterday was, I think, as strong as they've been. And you don't have to be you know, Dick Tracy to figure out all the clues and how they fit together. This is a team getting ready to draft Caleb Williams. You don't say that you want to take care of the guy unless you're actually going to be trading him. Unless you're really concerned about yes. what you're going to have to do when you exactly. inevitably trade the guy. Yes. I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. That's the voice of Brad Biggs. He'll be here at 7. Biggs time, 7 o'clock. Mullion Haw. Was Ryan Poles being so open and transparent about the state of the contract negotiations with Jalen Johnson's a tactic that left the ball in Johnson's court or a genuine update from the heart of the Bears' general manager? I'd like to avoid the franchise tag uh, for him. I think there's a really good space uh, for us to find a middle ground. Um, again, we always have the tag to, to use, but I really would like to, to get something done long term with him. So, general uh, good guy, Ryan Poles, or another tactic in negotiations? Shrewd move. This was everything <laughs> but handing Jalen Johnson the pen and say, okay, ready for you to sign now. My terms, our terms, you're well paid. I'm, I'm not suggesting that it's not a fair offer. I bet you it's very, very good. And I think it probably reflects the fact that all the metrics point to Jalen Johnson being one of the top five cornerbacks in the NFL. I don't know if it makes him the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. And maybe that's what he wants. We don't know how he feels. We're going to probably hear soon at one point. But I do think that as much as you want to applaud Ryan Poles for being open and, yes, it's great that there's a good relationship, he wants to keep him, wants to avoid the tag, all those things are good. But just remember, all those things are negotiating tactics. This is now easy for him to say and for the Bears to claim the higher ground because they have been open about everything and they're going to pay him the money. The cash flow's good. <laughs> Did you hear him talk about yeah, that? that was funny. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, now let's get a deal done, but I do think this is all part of the dance. Yeah, probably right. Probably part of the dance. It was probably the newsiest item that still came out, unless you think the newsiest item is that they're trading the quarterback because they're going to do right by him. I mean, that's debatable and that's what we do in this segment. Um, but yes, I mean, they're going to try to make Jalen Johnson look like the quote unquote bad guy. If they tag him and pay him what? $21 million a year to play. 19.8. Okay. 19 yep. point, so $20 million a year to play yep. cornerback in the NFL. Pr pretty good. I, I don't feel bad for anybody. If that's the case. Hmm. I mean, this is a really interesting negotiating technique. What he did was, you know, look, I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt that they're not giving Jalen Johnson everything he wants, but they want to give him a contract that will keep him here for a while. And they're trying, he's 24 years old. You can get back on the market and you can get paid later we're going to, we're going to, oh, the money flow is really good and the guarantees are good. It's not great. It's not what he wants, but we're negotiating. And rather than give you the, the highest contract and make you the highest paid corner, I'm sure that's what he wants. We're going to give you like a little bit more and we're going to put it, the ball in your court. Look what we're offering you. And if you don't want it, then we're going to tag your arse and we'll see what goes on. You don't want to get into a Chris Jones deal with this guy where you're tagging him year after year. Right. You want to get him to sign a contract. You also apparently don't want to give him a contract that is just a no-brainer and he signs it. You're negotiating. So it's an interesting tactic. I think he's he's playing the good guy and he's acting like it's all they're doing right by the guy. And now it's up to Jay Leonard. If he decides not, well, he's a greedy son of a guy. But that's interesting you point that out because him – 
saying that he could still hit the market at a point in his career that he could take advantage basically tells me that he's offering three and that they want five. Yes, that's what (laughs) it sounds like. There's going to be a lot of questions on the draft process. If you don't believe Ryan Poles was spilling the beans about the quarterback plan, did Coach Matt Eberflus do it for you when asked what he looks for in a quarterback? You know, I look at the guys that can operate third down, two minute, in, in the end of the game situations. That, that to me is what's se- that's a separator. Given the Fields was the 34th rated quarterback in the fourth quarter, 28th in passing yards, and was the second ranked with six fourth quarter picks, is that a telling comment? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you know, you got to be able to play well in the fourth quarter. You, you know, your guy does it. He doesn't play well in the fourth quarter. They haven't won a lot of late games. They've blown a lot of leads. Are we being honest about it? Six picks. Only one other quarterback in the league had uh, more than six picks. That's not good. I think among among all quarterbacks, his passer rating in the fourth quarter was, what What does it say here, 34th. Bailey Zappi was, was the only guy. There There's only 32 teams. 32 teams, right? Right, okay. right. But, just, just but 34 players qualified, yeah. 35 guys qualified, and he was ahead of just that one player. It's not good. And, I mean, and then when he was on with uh, Parkinson Spiegel, I thought that he – I don't think he changed his tune, but he did talk about Mahomes running late in the game and how that can be some – so he kind of toned it down a little, but – when I heard him say what he's looking for in a quarterback, you felt, well, that, you don't have that guy. You don't have him. Well, how about get the quarterback some more weapons or play better defense so you don't have to worry about that stat? But, yes, it is, it's telling. There's no doubt. But, again, isn't every coach, if, the, if every coach is answering honestly what they're looking for in a quarterback, you'd be looking for this. I mean, right, you'd be looking for a guy who can win a game with the ball in his hand at the end of the – everybody oh, on, wants Dustin. a guy. I mean, listen, we all want – we all want, I don't know, six figures in our checking and our savings account. We all want our house paid off, and we all want a quarterback who can win with the ball in his hand at the end of the game. Hello. When, when you are asked a specific question and you know what you're talking about and you just happen to list traits that the incumbent quarterback – Aren't, those aren't strengths of his. You've got to be able to read the room and understand that what you're pointing out are the flaws of the quarterback who's on his way out the door. Wouldn't you be disappointed if he didn't say he wanted that in a quarterback, though? I think that there are ways to talk about this without necessarily implicating directly Justin Fields, who was a 34th-rated quarterback in the fourth Come quarter. Come on. I mean, this was that to me is the separator. This, to me, explains why there's going to be a separation and then a, a divorce. <laughs> okay? they Justin Fields and the Bears are nearing a divorce. Matt Eberflus, unintentionally perhaps, was more specific and more pointed yes. about this than Ryan Poles was. And, yeah, maybe this is the case that you would say that about every quarterback, but that is – we're talking about one. We're talking about now. And they don't have that guy. They don't have that guy. What did you say? We're talking about practice, man. Okay, we're not talking about practice. We're talking about the Bears talking, in 2024. We're talking about practice. And the Justin Fields. Not a game. Is not meeting not a game. the standard not a game. his head coach established yesterday for all of the NFL media to hear and to see. Listen, we're talking about practice. Oh. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. I'll take your questions. I don't have, I don't have much to say about this can I just interrupt briefly to say that I loved Allen Iverson as a player, and I remember being at the Indianapolis Combine, and they were playing the Pacers, and I went to that game one night because I wanted to see AI rather than hang out in the bars and try to talk to people. It's great. So you weren't doing team. your job. No, I chose my fandom for uh, a great NBA player. Slacker. Thank you. No regrets either. Didn't miss a thing. Which home run in Tuesday's White Sox-Dodgers game game was the most enjoyable? The Sox shortstop Paul DeYoung, first of the spring, or the Dodgers Shohei Otani, first in his uh, final A-B? Anything else about the Sox effort stand out? Well, Shohei was going to homer. You knew that. Paul DeYoung going deep was a surprise. 
But that game was about Garrett Crochet hitting 100 on the gun. Thank you. My goodness sakes. This is the wrong question. Well, come on. I which, mean, show, which at bat was more fun for you? Shohei Otani's bloody no, home hold on. run don't, don't, or his don't, don't get carried away. I mean, strike you, out you, don't, looking. Don't try to stitch something that isn't there, Crochet. I think that oh, no. you you understand it's all about Otani. Everything is about yeah, Otani. The seven, striking the, out looking. No, the $700 million man did strike out looking, but he also went deep. Uh, yesterday was about Otani's debut. That did was, he go deep again? That was the national story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Oh, Shohei Otani, whatever he does on a national stage is the biggest thing in Major League Baseball in any given day. And he did that yesterday. Garrett Crochet locally, microscopically, we're you know, looking at everything White Sox, looking for, looking for something positive. Garrett Crochet hitting 100 on the gun, big deal. Setting down the one, two, three in the first inning, big deal. Those are all former MVPs. I hope he doesn't wake up hurt. Oh, man, you're, you're pooping on the parade. Well, if the Sox are going to do anything this year, Garrett Crochet is going to be a big part of it, right? But, you know, it, like little things. I mean, of course, it's Shohei Otani by a landslide, right? I mean, the guy no. just – What? Not a well, it, based on the question, the, 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 to answer the question, it, it's not Paul DeYoung. I mean, who did Paul DeYoung hit the home run off of? I'll go back to the question. For $100. Yeah. Who did he hit? I don't remember. Yeah, see? Exactly. So who's, it didn't who's matter. In, who's in camp? Garrett Crochet, you know, I, I mean, here we are. What What is it? Like 2024, 20, right? So let's say, I don't know, 35 years from now, he's sitting on the porch having a little lemonade and his young grandson comes over and says, did you ever play against the great Otani? Well, I, I remember the Tom, he doesn't speak Why does like, he talk that? like that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving him. A, when did he adopt that I, I'm accent? Trying to, I'm trying to give him an elderly, southern sort of a draw. Sixty-nine-year-old Garrett Crochet. Yeah, sixty-nine years old. I remember. I remember Otani going down on four pitches as he stared at me after I hit a hundred on the gun. Come on, that that was the greatest moment. Maybe in the oh, White God. Sox season. I don't know if you not heard. since Tim Anderson <laughs> hit one no, into the it. into the the corn have we seen that glorious White Sox. Down goes Otani. The Casey at bat. Did it was you not awesome. get Craig Council's memo? Results don't matter in spring training. Yeah, I know. That's just fun. It's fun that he struck him out. That's a great question. What a waste of money Otani is. What do you make of the Cubs trade with the Sox to clear the 40-man roster spot for Cody Bellinger? Did you like seeing reliever Bailey Horn, a former Sox fifth-rounder, traded uh, to the Ryan Tapera deal that land back with the Southsiders for former second-round starter Matthew Thompson? A whole lot of names there. Yeah, you know, it's really weird. Like, Matthew Thompson was one of those high school kids, and they took him, and there were, I think they took a couple of them. I think he was an over-slot second-rounder, and I've been – He's still super young, but we've been waiting to see him for a while. He was eligible for that, um, you know, whatever the draft is, you know, where you get a guy and he has to stay on your team. Rule five. Rule five draft. And they, no one took him. So, you know, now you're trading him for a guy. Well, it's just, I mean, that's got to hurt, doesn't it? It's just, (laughs) it feels bad. So, you know, the Cubs got to move somebody to make room for, um, for Bellinger, and and you get Bailey Horn back, who, by all accounts, how old is ba- Bailey Horn? He's about 26, maybe. He's kind of, I mean, he can help the Sox in the bullpen. Anybody can help the Sox in the bullpen. So I think it's a nice deal for the White Sox. And for the Cubs, they get a guy who, you know, has been inconsistent, but is still young, and he's yet another arm in their in their great a collection of minor league pitching that they can, you know, they got a bunch of guys that are kind of like their 30th best prospect, and here's another one. Well, let's hope that someday we have a Bailey Horn, Matthew Thompson, Cubs-Sox game that means something happening, and those guys are on I the like mound. It. Otherwise, I, like it. I mean, okay, great. So the, 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 they make the trade, and it works out because Matthew Thompson doesn't have to be on the 40-man, so it clears the spot for Bellinger. Okay, Dustin, if you – Say the names Bailey Horn and Matthew Thompson again this season. I will buy coffee for everybody that day. 
because well, that's, but, but that's I mean, just not going to be. But you may say Bailey Horn again because he may end up on their roster. Maybe. I, I don't think Matthew Thompson's going to. I think it's maybe. unfair unless he says Bailey Horn, <laughs> you know, traded for Matthew Thompson. I don't Thompson. really drink a lot of coffee, Dave. Well, I'll buy we whatever you want. Red Bull. Well, now uh, he's, he's going to say it because he gets orange something. Orange juice, Gatorade, whatever it is in the morning. Whatever gets you going in the morning. Bailey Horn and Matthew Thompson, this is a transaction that was just one, – there's one reason this matters and we're reading their names this morning. Belly's back, okay? Belly is back. We're bellying up to the bar. It may be half full, maybe half empty, whatever. He's back. He's going to talk today. He's got his money. He's got his swag. The Cubs are favorites in the NL Central. Everything is well at Sloan Park. You know, to answer your question – all right, we have to talk about it. How do you feel about the Bulls today after their matchup against one of the worst teams in the league in the Pistons? Is it fair to still evaluate Billy Donovan as a coach given how many injuries the Bulls have suffered? I really think this is going to be one of those things that is a fair question at the end of this year, the way that it's going. The wheels are falling off. Mm. And I think that when you're four games below 500, you lose twice to the Pistons. And last night was the low water mark for this season. It was bad. And as bad as you think it is now, I wonder if it could get worse. And if it does, I don't know what direction they're headed, except, except for this offseason. Cannot, cannot be another offseason where there's belief in the status quo and running anybody back. Maybe everything must go. Maybe it's going to be one of those clearance sales, everything but Kobe White. I don't know. But when they play as poorly as they did last night, two for 29, you got to re- try really hard almost to miss that often. I like Billy Donovan as a coach. We're on record for really enjoying all that he has brought to Chicago. But what's going to happen next year? Who's going to be playing for the Bulls? And if you're changing the roster dramatically, what do you do with your coach in a league that goes through coaches quicker than any other league? So I don't know what direction this is headed, but after last night, you don't like it. You don't want to look, and you want to just look away. Well, there, it's word embarrassment, shameful, rock bottom, awful. That, that, those are words that you could put on that performance. They, they, I, was, I watched that game last night. They should have been up 10 at the half. They should have been up 10 at the half, and they were playing really good. They, they, had, they had a lot of good moments in that first half. But they should. They all of a sudden it's five, and you start thinking, huh, maybe. And, and I don't know what's up with Io. I don't know even even. I mean, Kobe White can't shoot straight all of a sudden. It's like the the timing of the All Star break could not have come at a worse time for him. And it's like, did he do anything during during the break? Did he put up any? Did he put he, up any I shots? Think he went and saw Caitlin Clark break the scoring record. Seriously, he went to Iowa. He, and he compared her to who? She might be a better shooter than him. I said it, <laughs> he David. He compared her to Luca. Just if you're That's an interesting comparison. Um, okay, and I mean it. He did do that. Um, look, okay, th- this is an unpopular opinion that I'm going to express, and I do think people are going to jump all over me about it. But I don't know what else to say. Billy Donovan called it an outlier. And I'm going to choose to look at it in that fashion. It's like there's, there's like a field full of sheep and somehow one got away and got stuck in the wire. That's how you have to look at a game like this. That's how bad a loss it was. It was, it was losing to an absolute garbage team and they, they played well. They did, they did work hard. I think the fact that that they had lost the game on a bad call the night before and their coach went off and they went crazy, that ended up somehow fueling them. This is – it has to be an outlier or the season is over. There's only like 21 games left. I expect the Bulls to play better. I I, I mean, look, you know – if Tory Craig was alive, this would never happen. I mean, he can hit a three-pointer. He's unfortunately. alive. Well, he's out two he's to out. four weeks. Yeah. He's, he's I, not alive I, now in our minds. I'm saying available as opposed to alive. I, I, I don't know. I, I know logically I should sit here and I should scream and I should swear and I should tell you how awful they are and they got to break up everything and they got to. But the fact of the matter is 
it was an outlier. I'm going with Billy. It was just one of the worst things that could happen, and you can't expect that to be the norm. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but if you're going to make a move of any kind, you got to beat that team. You cannot have that kind of outlier. There's been too many this year. If they were four games over rather than four games under, totally I would right. maybe be in agreement with you. But I'm only going to push back a little bit because this is a team that has had, you know, when you're talking about rock bottom, you've got to compare them to like three or four other losses that qualify. Yeah, that could qualify. I the the, the opponents kind of right. get blurry. Yeah, but this is not a team that has earned any be- anybody's benefit I, of the doubt. I, and I totally agree with that. I'm just saying the alternative is to just you know end end the season to just get rid of everyone and honestly shut down the franchise because <laughs> you just lost to a team that has. Nine wins on the year and two of them are over. You would like to see Jerry sell the Bulls before I, he sells the Sox. I, no, I'm like, break them up. You know, <laughs> defunct. That That's, that is the only other option than saying, ah, uh, you know, we're going to throw that one out. You know, flush it and move on. I, I know that's sports adage nonsense. I know everyone gets peeved when you say that. To me, it's like the Ramblers, you know. They had a terrible loss. They went on the road. It was oh, a trap game. They got rough. a big game on Friday. That was rough. And they just they did not play well. And they turned the ball over ugly. for a living, and it was really hard to it was watch. Ugly. Sorry about that. But that happens. That happens. I'm going to call it an outlier. I'm calling. I right now will declare that Tuesday, February 27th, doesn't count. Never happened. Outlier. Never happened. Yeah, the spring training stuff. Okay. I, I'm sorry uh, to Garrett Crochet. But none of it happened. Bailey Horn was never traded. Bailey Horn's still a cup. <gasps> I said his name. Who was he traded for? <laughs> I'm not falling for that. <laughs> I'm not falling for that one. <laughs> all right. We got the extra point next. Mully and we're all looking for a coffee. Mully and Haw on Chicago Sports Radio 6 7 of the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 the score. Caleb Williams isn't expected to throw, and rumors now have begun to swirl that he might not take part in Friday's media session when the quarterbacks have their day at the NFL Combine. What would you think of that? I wouldn't think it was good advice. I think that it's not just a reporter complaining about wanting to hear somebody go in front of a microphone and provide content. I think that this would be doing uh, unnecessary damage to his reputation that I think he could take the opposite approach and repair it. He could re- – because right now there's a lot of questions surrounding Caleb Williams, and very few of them have to do with what he does on the field. They're all related to what he what his state of mind is about playing for the Bears. Ryan Poles was asked about that yesterday. Matt Eberflus will be asked about that yesterday. It'll come up likely today when they meet Caleb Williams for the first time. What, what these media sessions are intended to do for these prospects, as Dave Wanstead has told us, is to clean things up, to put your best foot forward, to let people know who you are, and also dispel some myths about your that, that might be uh, unfounded and unfair. If Caleb Williams chooses not to make himself available for these kinds of things, he misses an opportunity to do that. He'll reconfirm some things that you, you know, the worst thing said about him. So this is where I think having an, not having an agent would hurt a young man like that or a prospect like this, even though he's going first overall and Ryan Pulse talked about the contract certainties. We know all of that. But what an agent can do is remind you of some boxes you just have to check. And in my mind, Friday or any time at the Combine, the prospect has a chance to connect with the media and talk to a potential fan base. That's one box you must check. It just doesn't make any sense. What is he hiding? And if we were just simply whiteboarding up Fields and Caleb Williams, this is a massive checkmark against the guy. And you could say, well, I don't care what he has to say. All I care is that he can you know, have the ball in his hand in the fourth quarter and do some good things because that's what Matt Eberflus wants out of a quarterback. Okay, right, so do I. I. I want a guy with the ball in his hands that can do something and not give the ball away. I, I agree. Thank you, Matt Eberflus. Um but this is weird. And I and David, you mentioned about the Bears talking to Caleb Williams today. That's what's supposedly on the schedule. Do you think in that meeting they say, hey, Caleb, you know, do do yourself and do us a favor 
and get out there and talk, get out there and get in front of this, because that's going to be a bad look. Again, unless behind the scenes, and maybe this is the reason, maybe behind the scenes, this is already a done deal. The Bears have the number one pick. Caleb Williams is a supposed generational talent. He's not going to throw. Is he going to get measured? Is he going to go through the measurement? Because there are rumors, you know, that he's just barely six foot one. How big are his hands? Remember how big of a deal that was? What's his what's his hand measurement? But maybe this is a done deal. So why should he talk to the media? So he doesn't let it out of the bag that, hey, the Bears have already uh, talked to me and they've already assured me I'm the number one pick in the draft. I, you know, I think that um, I think it's complicated. I think it's a mistake if he doesn't speak. That's just how I feel. There's so much confusion as to who he is and what he wants and how he views playing in Chicago, you know, maintaining his eligibility, which is over now. Um, just all this, you know, does he want a piece of ownership? He was asked that supposedly in a conversation in uh, in Los Angeles, and he like was, well, who would say that? Well, his dad had apparently said it. So I think, you know, his father is, uh, his father, Carl Williams, has like, known since the kid was 10 years old that that he's going to be this great quarterback and they've kind of built him up to be this great player and he has expressed disdain for the draft process and all of the the you know kind of the bovine picking apart of every injury and you line up and the cattle comes in and we prod you and try to determine uh whether you can play or not he has expressed the kid has it so we don't know how to separate that stuff. That's why he should talk. He should come out there and he should say, you know, hey, yeah, you know, I want to be the first overall pick and I look forward to playing for whoever dress. That's that's just the nature of it's real easy to answer most of these questions. But I think that maybe that's why he doesn't want to talk, because he knows any goofy thing his father has said about ownership of a team, whatever it might be. This whole nonsense. With remember, Colin Cowherd had this story that oh, he doesn't want to play in Chicago. Right. His, his camp can't stand the Bears, and then they had a he had a double back and say, he well, backpedaled the next they, day. Exactly. So I so wonder if I there's wonder some if of that here too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think that it's just, but I mean, it's always good to just come out and show that you are you have this kind of star quality to you, and show some personality and. You know, and if you've got nothing to hide, you have nothing to lose. That's it. And I don't know that he has somebody probably in his ear. And again, we all could be falling for this because this is a rumor as we referred to it. This is the yes. speculation, the whispers among the media in Indianapolis. And they're probably getting it from some of the agents who might be motivated by not wanting to put the best spin on anything related to Caleb Williams. I remember being in a downtown elevator with a buddy of mine and this guy got on and he was kind of, he was a little odd. And the guy gets off the elevator. My buddy says, was that guy squirrely enough for you? And I just love the use of the word squirrely in that situation. It made me laugh. Is he squirrely? I mean, do we know? Is that Caleb Williams squirrely? I, I want to make sure that he could just go up there and speak like he's calling to play There's in the huddle. There's nothing in his USC examples of him publicly speaking and handling this kind of uh, situation that would suggest that he's squirrely once he talks. That's what I'm saying. Now, maybe getting him there, but that, that's, that could be I, the I mean, issue. I mean, honestly, has he got a little, you know, vermeil to him? Is he afraid that as he thinks about, oh, he's going to break down? You, is that what it is? I don't know what it would be that would stop you from talking other than, I'm so The fear fed of crying? With, I, I'm asking. I, I don't think that's. I don't the, think so. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so. But I wonder if, if there's got to be a reason that he doesn't want to stand in front of a group of people. Probably because he might not want to give voice to some of the rumors that he feels like might be unfair. That's all they're going to ask him. Right. He's literally going to get every question about whether. See, he wants I would want to get to the, the microphone as fast as possible would to clear he? things up. But that's what I'm saying. I, I want to like. Uh, for, for for the record, do you want to go to Washington because of Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> You've told the Bears. No, I want to go to Washington because it's my hometown. <laughs> exactly. Okay, there you go. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Did I say that? Yeah. Out loud. I, but I I'd like to hear from the guy. Yeah. Everybody and you're would. right. They, these rumors have been ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
Colin Cowherd. What are you doing? I mean, it's just nonsense. It's stuff and nonsense. And a lot of it is um, – a lot of it just needs some clarity. Now, the Bears, it's interesting because Ryan Pohl said yesterday there was no doubt in his mind. They've done their research. They've been working with the kid. They've talked to him. They don't believe that he doesn't want to be a part of He what said that pretty definitively. He, he also described Caleb Williams – and he talked about his strengths in a way that I thought was very telling as well. I agree. You're not doing that unless you, number one, have already evaluated him to some degree, and secondly, feel comfortable enough to share that opinion publicly. All right, that's fun stuff. It's just fun to think about why the guy wouldn't want to. Dustin says he's got something to hide. You got him, you got him breaking down in tears. I got him for mealing it up, you know? Damn it, they were bad. You would think that that might open up some opportunities to like endorse Kleenex or something like that. Kleenex. Just All so. right, this is fun. You're a little weepy. 312-644-6767. What would you think if he didn't talk? Would it, would it stop you? I, and I'm, I'm sure we got a lot of people who are not happy with our take on what the Bears are going to do. No, they're not. Or what we heard yesterday if you didn't like it, tell us why. 312-644-6767. Mully and Haw on the score. Do you have any concern at all that Caleb Williams or the team around him don't want to play in Chicago? No, no. No concerns about that at all. I, I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin were to stay here as well. Hmm. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. That's Ryan Poles. No concern at all regarding whether Caleb Williams would want to be with the Bears and the infrastructure's there for him, David. Well, it is now. It, it's a better yep. shape now than it was in the last year, the last three years, and I think that's the point. And that's what th- – you look for these kind of clues – when you don't have certainty. And so when he's talking about the infrastructure being improved, why did they do that? Well, they've stacked the deck with Shane Waldron. That is another <laughs> Waldron deck reference. I love that. Well, they are trying to build a foundation. There you go. And this is all part of that. They believe that this quarterback could park himself here. <laughs> with the Waldron deck? Definitely. Forget it. Oh. No, does anyone understand that? The, the Waldron deck is where the media parks at Soldier Field. I think what you're trying to say That's is the Waldron deck is where the next Soldier Field will be or the next <laughs> Bears home exactly. stadium will yeah. be unless, planned. Unless the taxes, unless unless you knock off trying to charge them a exactly. dime. So tomorrow's pick six will be who would last, what will last longer, the Waldron deck or Shane Waldron in Chicago, <laughs> which will be standing in 2025. Well, I think. How about the? How about the? The uh, I, I we'll get to the phone lines, and I'm sorry, but how about the state of Illinois telling the Bears and the and the Sox like, hey, get together, tell us what you want, don't be coming in here individually. Did you notice that? Yes, one? I did see that. According to Cranes, very interesting yeah. approach. I like it. I also think that it reflects what we have continued to talk about: the appetite for public funding or assistance for these private projects for billionaires there's not a lot of it anymore even though it's going on around the country even though you can look at it and say oh that would be cool i love a shiny new toy yeah uh, not buying it let's try chris chris is downstate hi chris hey guys thanks for taking my call enjoy your show hey i just wanted to say that uh you know this caleb williams thing there's a lot more to being a quarterback than just going out there and throwing the ball it's uh how you represent your organization uh, this guy is no Andrew Luck. He's no Peyton Manning. He's more like Jay Cutler. Uh, he's not even a C.J. Stroud. Um, when you look at the reports that his own team was happy that he was gone, I think all of these red flags, and now you throw this in the fact that he doesn't want to face the media, that is a that is a problem well, for me, I, I, and I, I think it should be yeah. for the Bears. Chris, I don't know if that's accurate about his teammates, and I think that's an unfair assumption to make based on one interview that was taken kind of out of context from a former teammate. 
Right, Molly, you remember that one oh, where course. they said, oh, now we're a team. Yes. I don't think that was in reference to Caleb Williams or had anything to do with it. Right. I, I will say this, that I don't know if he's Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning or closer to Jake Cutler yet. I want to know, and that's why I feel like this would be a missed opportunity if Friday. This would be the first real evidence that you would, in my mind, have to maybe create a little bit of doubt about his mental toughness in a city, in a market like Chicago. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that there's been a lot of criticism um, toward that stuff with this kid. And I, I think he'd go a long way to clearing all that up if he were to address the media, as, as pretty much every prospect is going to. Now, I I don't know what would give him pause, frankly. I really don't. See, it's, are there are there issues that he just th- thinks his dad may be looking at it as yeah. a, a again this is I, I don't even like to speculate no I, I don't know what to, would give him pause I don't know but, because I, I look at it this way I understand the decision we talked about yesterday if he doesn't want to throw he doesn't have to throw you know why we know he can throw we know that's going to be not yeah. an issue no. at the next level he needs to he needs to you know you gotta figure out how tall he is, what he weighs, sure. you know, but his the throwing, hand size. I, I understand all the stuff that goes into You the can combine. only go down in the evaluation of his throwing ability if you throw. So I get that. But this is a different thing. It's different. He gets behind a microphone and you can only improve yes. your perception. And that's why it's an opportunity for him to do just that. Manage the perception. You don't have to throw, but you do have to talk. Yeah. Because you know what? The next role is going to require – you're going to do a lot of talking. You are the face of the franchise, and everybody will work for you. And as a CEO of that company, if it's the Chicago Bears, you better get used to that. Yeah, I, I think it's difficult. Um, it's difficult for fans to be able to make any kind of judgment on someone if they don't hear him talk. I think that that he needs to go up there well, and that's... and go through the same process everyone else is going through in order to connect with fans of teams and fans of well, that's the league part itself. Of it, but that's not the biggest part of it to me. Okay. I think that's part of it because Bears fans are skeptical, right? Uh, there's a lot but, of skepticism but, but don't you think for that, some reason. Don't you think that the Bears management wants to see how he would handle this too? This is part of their evaluation too. It's all part of this, 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 this yeah, but what gathering saying, of information. What I'm saying is I don't, think, I don't think he needs to do a news conference so they can – make a judgment about how he does in front of the media because you can you can adjust that you can change that you can figure out ways of helping a guy show the right once once he comes to your team but i do think that just from from like just from a national football league perspective uh-huh. part of your job as the quarterback you are required to speak you are selling the product so I think you want him to get up there and just even if he even if he's annoyed by whatever question, just handle it. Handle your business. Go about what you're going to have to do every well, there's bloody no doubt day. About it. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with answering a few questions at the combine. We don't need to quibble about which is more important to the fan base or the management. Right, but right. It, but I think that it's all part of it is all part an evaluation of Caleb Williams, and I don't think you want to give people reason to doubt you. Right now, they don't have a, a, any reason really no. legitimately to doubt him. If you take a pass on an opportunity to shape your image in a positive way. I would have some concerns about that. We're going to bring in our guy, Brad Biggs. He is the football man of the Chicago Tribune. We'll talk to Big Z next. What did he hear yesterday? What is he hearing as he uh, wanders about the combine and talks to uh, to everybody that is there? We'll talk to Brad Biggs next. It's Mully and Hall on the score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.